1: I'm not the only person that said that as we welcome Adam next out here yeah, to waiting for it.com hotline. Adam, good morning. Great to hear from you. How how are you doing? Good morning, man.
2: Good, good morning. Great to be with you guys. It's been a while, so it's good to be back. Hope you're doing well.
3: Yeah, we just hot. <laughs> it's just hot like everybody else.
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: it's just hot down there. Um, let's back up a little bit here. The the race here in Atlanta, Chase Elliott getting the win. Um, what took him so long? <laughs>
2: If, if you could put a finger well, on it. You know, it, it, I, I don't know that it's any one thing. Uh, I think there there were, you know, a few hiccups and mistakes. I mean, I, I go back to Sonoma. I felt like they had the car to beat. And, and I won't say I'm glad they didn't win because it opened the door for Daniel Suarez. It was awesome to see Daniel win and Daniel earned it. But if, if you go back, there was a cycle of pit stops and uh, you know, Chase leaves the pit box, and, and they had a wheel that was loose, so he had to back up and didn't back up far enough and gets penalized and still, you know, comes back for a top-five finish. And and I thought that was a day where they could have easily won that they didn't. Uh, and there had been little things like that uh, that turned into bigger problems throughout the year that have kept them from winning. So I, I think what we've seen in the last month has really been – who they are as a team. Uh, He's won three of the last ten, of course, one at at Dover. He's been top two in the last four races. If you can finish top two in four consecutive, and and quite honestly, Chase has been disappointed with that. He thinks he should have won them all. I think that speaks to where you are as a team. And and right now, you know, I I think there was a long time you couldn't put a finger on who's the championship favorite. I think now you can say they are the championship favorite just because they have more wins, they have more playoff points, and he's well on his way to being the
1: regular season champion. Well, we're pleased please be spending some time this morning on the com hotline with Adam Alexander. And he is social. You can find him on Twitter at Adam1Alexander, all lowercase, Adam1Alexander. Uh, he came in uh, another top uh, top five finish last week, even though the Toyotas were strong up at Loudon. What, what did they find up at Loudon? What made them so good up there?
2: I would say, you know, one piece of that could be that but that's a, a short track uh so to speak i mean officially it's not but it's got so many short track characteristics and, and you know for years maybe not as much with this new car but for years the joe Gibbs racing organization has got a real stranglehold on the short track so i would say you see a little bit of an element of that uh, it's been a tremendous track forever for martin surex jr who obviously ran well and, and went in both stages and and uh, leading the most laps, Christopher Bell's had great success there in both the Xfinity and the Cup Series. So, you know, I, I think it's a little bit of, of everything. Uh, you know, the one difficult thing is I thought some drivers this week and analysts on our show is it doesn't really transfer to other tracks. There were some that felt like maybe there was a correlation to Phoenix where uh, we raced for the championship, but, but I had drivers this week tell me not so much. So I'm not sure if that carryover of speed will be there uh, for Joe Gibbs racing, but, but if it does, look, look out, because they had uh, four of the top six, and, and I mentioned the numbers for Martin and obviously Christopher Wednesday, so that would put them in a great position as we have out the regular season.
3: Adam Alexander joining Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 929 the Game 92.9thegame.com. Uh, one more thing before we get into Chicago, what's the significance of Tyler Riddick, if any, leaving R- Richard Childress and going over to uh, Michael Jordan and the boys at 23, um, 23 racing, XL racing.
2: Yeah, I, well, I think it's I think it's enormous because you know number one he does it a year early. So what's the the residual impact of, of the rest of this year? When you felt like after he won he was a true championship contender, do they still have the chemistry uh, that they need to go out and win it? And and then next year will they be willing to share all of their secrets as they go through a lane duck year, knowing that he's not going to be around the next year, and they don't want to send him into 2311 with a full. Uh, notebook full of information uh, that RCR put together. So I, I think it creates many question marks for this future at RCR, and, and can they maximize? And and then the other thing I would say is is what happens now at, at 2311 because you, you've got Bubba Wallace who's running right now as good as he has in his career, I think, and, and we saw probably as good a run as he's had uh, ever at any type of track. Um, on Sunday uh, at New Hampshire, which is a great sign for him. And you've got Kurt Bush who, even though you know he's approaching 45 years old, continues to be very competitive and win races on an annual basis. Those guys are both around next year. Will they be around in 24? We don't know. And if so, does that mean Denny Hamlin, Michael Jordan, have to go out and buy another charter to make room uh, for Tyler Reddick, which would be a very expensive proposition? There, there's a lot of questions there. Um, that, that have to be answered. And I admire the way Denny went about it to go get one of the young hot drivers, even though it's not defined on exactly how that's going to pan out in the future. Uh, but, but it will create a ripple effect. There's no doubt about that.
1: And some people will say that maybe a little bit of fire under the 23 car, uh, that he qualified well last week and had a strong finish. Um, I don't know if that plays into it at all. And then we ended up seeing that car driving through the streets of Chicago this week. Uh, that that turned a few heads.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was. you know, we, we heard last year, I, I remember we were doing one of the iRacing shows, and we would, you know, we'd have a different track every week. And most of the times we'd be racing on the track where, where the cup cars would be racing that particular weekend. We always did it on, on Wednesday nights on FS1. And, and then we decide we're going to do a street course in Chicago. It's like, wait a minute, why are we doing iRacing on a street course in Chicago? And it was quite obvious that it was laying the groundwork for a potential announcement. And they just couldn't get it all put together for 2022. Uh, I think the hope that probably 18 months ago, uh, between 12 and 18 months ago, was that we could run on the street course in 2022. That didn't pan out. Uh, but the goal never went away, and, and here we are announcing it for 2023, replacing Road America on 4th of July weekend, first time ever. NASCAR's been on a street course, and you bring the, the Chicago market back onto the schedule, which I think is the most important thing. And you don't just bring it back onto the schedule, but you take it a step further, you know, for years – starting in the early 2000s, NASCAR was racing at Chicagoland Speedway in Joliet, oh, Illinois. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. but if you know anything about that region, that's not Chicago. right? Nope. I mean, racing downtown on the streets of Chicago, this is a legit deal that embodies that market. So this is going to be enormous, I think, for NASCAR to be right there in the city.
3: Uh, well, again, your first thoughts when you heard it, though, but is that something that is a want for bigger cities? Have you guys, you know? You heard conversations about that.
2: Well, I, I, I think what we're seeing, and, and, and you know, my reaction, you, you know, I, I think it's great because I'm all about the new markets, and uh, I probably would have voted for a quarter mile track inside Soldier Field, very similar to what we saw at the LA Coliseum <laughs> with the clash last year. That probably would have been my vote yeah. instead of the streets of Chicago. Um, But I do think showcasing the city and, you know, if you go back and and I would challenge you to get on YouTube and watch the response of F1 in Miami. I think Ben Kennedy, who, who is overseeing a lot of these changes in NASCAR right now, he understands you need to make an event out of it. It's not just a race. It needs to be an event. And so now you're going to these bigger markets. You're doing it, you know, in or around downtown. That is how you can continue to grow the fan base. And I won't say that this is not about the racing. You have to have, you want that to be a great element of it. But I, I believe it's as much about the market and the people you can reach as it is about the racing itself. And forever NASCAR was 100% gearhead racing. And it's not that anymore. And these changes are, are all about reaching new people. And you did that with the the clash in the L.A. Coliseum, and you will do it again next year when you race on the streets of Chicago.
3: Change of perception, Sam. Yeah. That's what yep. it is. Yep, it is. But
1: tell me something, Adam. It, when you're running a, a, a street course like this and we are doing more road race events, you know, as, as far as NASCAR goes, do we get to the point where we may hear someone from one of the other leagues want to come in and take part in this? Ie somebody from IndyCar or dare we say F1.
2: Well, you, you know um, Justin Marks um, has has started a third team and with Trackhouse and they will run select races with an international, a well known international driver. And and so I, I think when you look at Ben Kennedy who's making a lot of these decisions on NASCAR side to get the ball rolling to go to new markets and do new things, I, I think you've got A a tremendous young mind there that's making wonderful decisions to grow the future of NASCAR. You think Justin Marks is on the team side, and his ownership approach has been very unique. Uh, I I believe that what he's doing taps into the international market, which is not something that we've seen on a regular basis. And so that opens that door. So, yes, I I do think that, that this will allow maybe not a current F1 driver, but a driver who's not too far removed from his career um, on the F1 side to come over and try NASCAR, maybe on a part-time basis. Uh, and, and you know what? Uh, there's, there's been the question of how much road racing is too much. Last year we had seven road course races on the schedule. That was because we lost California as an oval and, and had to run on the road course at Daytona. And that wasn't what was originally planned. Six on the schedule this year, uh, you know, I, I don't know where that balance is, but, but I do think it creates an appeal with other fans when you're doing things like that, racing on the dirt at, at Bristol, you start pulling more people in. So uh, NASCAR is really finding the sweet spot right now when it comes to that schedule.
3: Adam Alexander from FS1 joining Sam and Greg Sports Radio, 929 The Game, 929 The com. Before we let you out of here, I want to piggyback on what you just said and bring it to some of the other sports that we're watching right now as NASCAR looks to do whatever it is next. Is there a possibility that this sport, or if not NASCAR, if, you know, open wheel, IndyCar, or or Formula One, could have a rogue league, a a an investor, somebody from someplace who decides we want to do these cars a different kind of way or race them differently and start a new league like we have been seeing? Is that out of the realm of possibility? No, I don't think it is.
2: And and I, I, I have not heard that or, you know, I, I couldn't speak to it. I don't know that that's going on to that idea is is on the table anywhere. But what I would say is that you know, you've got all these tracks um, that want dates, right? And if you have a venue, you need to use it to make money. And you've got TV networks that crave content. Yep. And and right now, there's a lot of it out there, uh, and, and a lot of potential uh, opportunities out there to go, um, you know, create content that would open the door for TV rights. And you look, and then you mentioned, I mean, the, the Live Golf Tour has been enormous, and, and that's the one comparison I think that probably fits with NASCAR. Uh, and, then, and then you look at TV networks, The TV networks say, hey, rather than... Uh, writing a check for the rights, we want to start our own league, which is, you know, it's kind of like what Fox did with USFL, right? And and when you do that, the financial ramifications and the budgets change and what you need to make off of your TV production and sales and all of that to make it a viable option financially. So, you know, I'm, I'm talking about what happens on the 10th floor, and I work on the first floor, okay? So I don't know how all that goes down. Um, but uh, And I don't wander up there, and if I do, they tell me real quick where the elevator is, right? But, uh, but I can tell you that, that, you know, it's it's a very interesting time in sports right now. I'm excited to be in the sports world because of the opportunities that I feel like are out there and the growth that's going on in so many different areas. But I, I do believe your thought is valid, that whether it happens or not, I don't know. But I think we've got to be naive to think that those conversations haven't been had by the players that can make those decisions.
1: Folks, that's Adam Alexander from FS1. You see him on Race Hub weeknights and uh, NASCAR Race Day Sunday at 1230 this week. Adam, you working on anything we should watch for?
2: I'll be on Race Day uh, Sunday with Jamie McMurray and Larry Mack getting everybody ready for Pocono and then back for a full recap Monday on Race Hub. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to it and six races to go to the playoffs and only two playoff spots left, and I have a feeling it's going to get real interesting between now and, and Labor Day weekend when the postseason begins.
3: There you go. Hey, did you hear Kirby got a raise?
2: Kirby smart. <laughs> he <laughs> needed one. <laughs> yeah. Hey, could you, could, could, could you text me the name of his agent if you don't buy like to to
3: We'll see if we can get that for you. Man, it's Adam Alexander, man. We won't be strangers. We'll get you back out here sooner than later, man. Hey, enjoy the rest of your weekend, Adam.